Mums Unhinge acknowledge the Gubby Gubby people as the traditional custodians of this land. We recognise their continuing connection to the land, waterways and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present. In this episode, we discuss the theme of abortion in the context of Brittany and Justin. If this is triggering to you, you may want to skip this episode. Welcome back to Mums Unhinged. Today we're checking in with Britney Spears via her tell-all memoir and getting it all off our chests in regards to mum guilt. So microwave that coffee, kick back and get ready to laugh because this is Mums Unhinged. (laughs) (laughs) Hey Nina. Hi Emma. How are you? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Well, I've had a bit of a full-on morning with my little one. We had our swimming lessons and um, getting a little bit of mum guilt. So I can't wait to talk about this topic today. And also I am just loving Britney's memoir. Loved reading it. Oh my God. I cannot wait to get into Britney's memoir. I, I have been going down the rabbit hole the past few days and I just... Oh my God, justice for Brittany. That's all I can say. Amen. Um, well, we're going to get into it. So yes. are, we, are we ready? Yeah. Tell us about the book. It starts with Brittany's like childhood. So it seems like she had kind of like a dysfunctional upbringing and her dad was a bit of a nightmare even then, to be honest, it sounds like. But she found her escape through gospel music which is really interesting and like just knew she could sing. And then it talks about like the Mickey Mouse Club and how she saw this amazing, beautiful woman called Christina Aguilera and like all like listing off all like Natalie Portman and then JT. And that seems all quite pleasant. And then it's about her relationship with Justin Timberlake. And she says that in her memoir that, she fell so in love with him it was pathetic oh poor thing do you know what about her childhood it literally I feel like we hear this story over and over you hear the same story about like uh, artists that become famous when they're children they have like dysfunctional family dynamics a psycho dad and they find their escape through music or whatever it was like Katy Perry started her career in gospel music as well but I just think what is going on? Did Katy did Katy Perry have a dysfunctional like upbringing? Um, I don't think she's ever said that. No, but I know that she, her parents were pastors and super into the church. Um, oh. And yeah, yeah. In her documentary, she talks about how she found a lot of escape through music and everything. And then the first single that she <laughs> released was "I Kissed a Girl," and that caused a whole heap of issues in her family. But yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Well, even back then, that was really controversial. I remember I was living in England then and I was like, ooh, that's pretty racy. Like, it was. I it was a big deal. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it as well. And then I remember like Lily Allen being like, she's copying me. Oh, she's really? Like, yeah, yeah, I remember. She was like, um, yeah, it's like the American version of me. And I was like, look, I love you, Lily no. Allen. But I, Katy Perry, like, a chance, all right? And she's actually kind of different from you. She's so different. She wouldn't even come yeah. near Lily Allen. Lily Allen was, yeah. like, really quirky. Remember the yeah. wet patch in the middle of the bed? That was really quirky. That I don't think that Katy Perry uh, even comes well, close I to that. I don't remember the wet patch. So I'm lying here in the wet patch in the middle of the bed, feeling really oh. damn hard done by. I spent ages giving head. Is that yeah. about 
sperm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is about I'd sperm. Like, oh, was, was she sweaty? She must have dropped her drink bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually she's never looked on tea. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm just saying on a podcast, I'm not feeling super comfortable with that, but guys, I'm a lot better at singing when I'm drunk. Yeah. Well, I thought you sounded great. Oh, thanks. A lot a lot of like um, songs in our childhood, even like teenage years. And then when you listen back to them, they're like, oh my God. And also what is different in England, you're not allowed to play any like naughty words, swear words until nine, after 9 p.m. So it's very different here where you can hear everything. So for me, like, all the Lily Anzons, I've only ever heard like the PG version. They're probably like and then half instrumental. <laughs> I mean, like ASAP Rocky, like back in when we listened to it in England. Like, there's no, this is nothing. It's just full <laughs> instrumental. You're thinking, oh, this is lovely, this music. It's so funny. That is actually one like, of my all time favorite songs, that ASAP Rocky song, Fucking Problems. Yeah. It is, oh, I love it. Is it my, your anthem? It is, yeah, it's my song. I would request it anywhere I go. Absolutely love it. <laughs> Just slut dropping left and right that. to ASAP Rocky. <laughs> anyway, back to Brittany. Yes. Yeah, so, tell us about Brittany. What else in it? Like, what did she say about her dad? Pretty much like he liked to drink, uh, didn't treat his mum oh. well, and just dysfunctional. And then, interestingly, she went for someone like Justin Timberlake. I've got pregnant by him and then felt pressured by Timberlake to get an abortion and yeah. in the passage that made me really really sad and it was always this is like hit a lot of headlines was um how the pain from the pills that she was taking um just left her like sobbing in pain on the bathroom floor and then Timberlake tries to soothe her by like playing his guitar and Ugh. it just like left a really bitter taste in my mouth Totally. Yeah. And it's coming out more and more now, like the way he taught, uh, treated, sorry, um, Britney and then Janet Jackson. And then, uh, you know, apparently he has cheated on Jessica Bill as well. It just, um, I just feel like we need justice for all these women, not just Britney. Oh, he totally. Okay. So I'm just going to drop in a couple of like timeline points so that we can all get on the same page. They were 19 when she had this abortion. So when I was looking over this, I kind of thought, look, I can understand why Justin didn't want to be starting any kind of family at 19. I really do understand that. Um, I'm not saying that what they did was justified or whatever. I think they need to do what's right for them. And that's their whole thing. I'm pro-choice whether or not I would get an abortion. It's like, I, I wouldn't right now. You know what I mean? And I think those circumstances are the kind of thing that each person needs to go through in their circumstances together. What really yeah. struck me about this was not just that he didn't want to go through with it, but that she did. And at this point, they were both superstars. So they had a full team of adults around them that could have guided them through this and supported them. So if Britney Spears, who was had all the resources in the world at that point compared with another woman who might have nothing and no one, if she can't get the support that she needs, what hope does anybody have? And the fact that it seems as though that each team just sided with Justin, she says that not long after they had the abortion, he started really pulling away 
And it was when he was writing Justified and he went on to release Crimea River on Justified, which was basically a, a smear track that dragged her reputation across everywhere and painted her as this harlot yeah. that broke his heart. Because even though he was off cheating on her, um, she did kiss a guy as well. So there was sort of infidelity, infidelity on both sides. The level of seriousness, I think we could debate that. Do you know what I mean? I don't think that sleeping around yeah. is equivalent to kissing someone. But the fact that he started pulling away and his whole team would have had advised all of this, that he should do this track and spin it all in that way. Like if we've learned anything from like watching people like um, Molly McPherson on TikTok, she's a PR like advisor, she's a superstar. We know that not one thing that any celebrity does is like everything has an agenda. So they all advised yeah. him on this and just dragged her. I just, I can't get my head around it. And it's, it's such a bigger issue than just the fact that they were two teenagers, barely adults that weren't in a position to have a baby. You know what I yeah. mean? To be honest, it really, really pissed me off reading that. How totally like in the, even in the video, there is like the back of the girl who's done the betrayal. I mean, it's obviously meant to be Brittany. Yeah. And he, he used to lie and he used to cheat and he bragged about it to her. And it, it it's just it's just so cruel. And he should it be is. embarrassed. I, I feel like he's never, he's, he shows no remorse. Like he's never been embarrassed. And that is wrong. A hundred percent. And like, I don't think we need to start dragging people for what they did 20 years ago. But this isn't an isolated incident. And as far as we're aware from what's written in the book is he never actually took accountability. He never apologized to Brittany. Where was he while people like Christina Aguilera were leading her team to get her out of the conservatorship? He was nowhere. And worse than that, he was treating Jessica Biel seemingly the same way because we saw that mm. photo of him on tour um, really sloppy drunk holding hands with that girl. You know, when I saw him live in Melbourne, probably let's say 10, 15 years ago, um, he was totally banging his dancer. Like I was right up at the stage. There was no people between me and the stage. He had a dancer on his lap and he was like the way they looked at each other and were interacting, they were not acting like colleagues, dancers or otherwise. Just because you physically touch someone, it doesn't mean that, you touch them in a, in a certain way. You know what I mean? It's different. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so obvious that he was sleeping with her. So I don't think and he's learned was, No, I mean, he was nicknamed Trouser Snake for a reason. Was he? Um, yeah. The UK press used to call him Trouser Snake. Even back then. When I saw him, when I was at school and I saw him um, in play in London. I mean, it was the wow. same with all his dancers and it's just, yeah, it's just gross. In context, does Trouser Snake for you guys mean he's a dick? Or does it mean he's got a big At the dick? time when I read that headline, I was like, oh, Trouser I don't really understand what that means. But then it, I, I've understood over time that it, it's like his, um, he's got a snake as a penis and he can't control it. <laughs> oh. I think that's what it means. Like, so he's, means got he's no like control. just a player boy and he can't handle it. He's a it. player. He's a player. Oh, poor but... Justin. I feel sorry for him. It must be really hard not being out of control of your own trouser snake. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, it sounds, uh, well, from the memoir, when he did Crimea River, it's so sad because it, it just sounds like, well, she says 
Britney did not have the energy to even come out and say because she was, I don't know, it sounds like she was like taking pills. Her family probably weren't there for her. She doesn't have like a close network of friends. So she said something just felt really dark come over her body. And then that's when she was hanging out with Paris Hilton, going to Vegas, like any anyone in their early 20s would do to get over a man. Like we've all been there, right? Give her a break. And then from then, like the second half of the book really goes more in that mood, like a little bit more more dark about the relationship with her father. This was really, really shocking. So Brittany writes that when she was like forced to tour um, in Vegas, mm. I think she was, how, what's that called? Like when you do a, a stint in, in Vegas? Uh, uh, residency. Yeah, residency. And she refused to do a certain dance move because it's like really intense. I don't know. I don't know like the ins and out of it, but she refused to. And then her father committed her into like an institution again, an institute <sighs> again. Yeah. Oh, seriously. She's just three... been treated so poorly. Remember how that much so... they fat shamed her for that, for that period as well? Oh, yeah. But wasn't yeah. she, didn't she just have a baby? Yeah. Oh, give her yeah. a break. And then three months into her confinement, when her dad sent her there for refusing, for her refusing to do a dance move, she said, I started to believe that my little heart, whatever made me Brittany, was no longer inside my body anymore. <gasps> and how sad is that? And her mother said, her mother would text her saying, I don't know, I don't know. And then her sister would be like, who's Jamie Lynn, sent her a text saying, there's nothing you can do about it, so stop fighting it. And her father told her, I can't help you at all. When Brittany now knows that um, her father could like have an initiated her release at any time. So it's so, so cruel. And then she writes also, oh, it's so sad that without her trying to sound paranoid, she was like, whether her family were actually trying to end her life <gasps> yeah. in a way. And just mm -hmm. be like, oh, you know, Britney's gone down this, like, down, down a spiral and... She's not worth anything to us anymore. Yeah. And they could have blamed it on, like, her addiction to drugs or alcohol when really they were just trying to control her and oh, just, it's just, yeah, just so, so horrible. Like, you have the right to refuse to do a dance move. Come it on. all makes so much sense now looking back that expression on her face as she shaved her head that defiance and the kind of laugh sort of that she had on her face it makes so much sense now because she could like she was thinking well you can't put me on a stage now not well I look like this you know yeah yeah it yeah. just oh disgusting so she kind of, it is disgusting so she kind of ends the memoir saying it's time to actually find myself so there may be like a second one that's what they're expecting. This is her time. So like just backtracking a little bit, we were talking a lot about the text that Justin sent her to end the relationship that was just like, oh, yeah. it's over. Yeah. It's over. What a douche. Like so thoughtless. There's just mm -hmm. no, there's no care in that whatsoever. It's over. Just a flippant text after everything that they've been through. It's so foul, but you, you know what? It's like normal for a guy. Like you think about the kind of stories we got online after asking people, have you ever, is it ever okay to break up with someone via a text? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people were opinionated about this and siding like it's never okay for a man to do it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, a couple people said it's okay for a girl to do it. Um, yes. I'm, I'm actually, which is fine, I'm actually of the opinion, look, it depends. So if like someone's cheated on someone, so if someone cheated on me, I have the right to text them being like, it's over, mate. Yeah. Pack your bags, get out of the house. It really depends on the circumstances. But I mean, if you have a half, like Justin Timberlake said to Brittany after, you know, putting pressure on her to have an abortion and then text her saying, it's over. I mean, what a fucking bastard. And the same with um, Russell Brand and Katy Perry saying yes. it's over just before she's going to get on stage. Britney apparently was at work. I mean, show some compassion. These are people at the end of the day, like just ruthless, so ruthless. Exactly. And I think it's like you got to go proportional to the relationship, right? So if you have dated someone twice and you text them, hey, not feeling it, nice to meet you, whatever, that I think is totally fine. It shows credit to the relationship and where you're at. If you've been in a relationship with someone for three years, three very formative years, like when you're 19, rising to yeah. fame together, you've known someone since you were 12, you've had, you've, you know, gone through a pregnancy and abortion together, that I think warrants a face-to-face -face or a phone call. Like, come yeah. on. And they were living together? I mean, there's quite a big thing to live with someone. And I mean, Russell Brand, Katy Perry, married. Yeah, in those circumstances. I know, married. You get a text like, our marriage is over. Well, okay, see you at home. <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell you this comment from Brooklyn on Instagram. We love Brooklyn. We love Brooklyn. Circumstantially, if a girly does it, then it's fine. But if a man did it, then no. Obviously not okay of them to do. I talk to Brooklyn. I love it. <laughs> Keep those com comments coming in because... Um, we love all of them. They make us laugh. Oh my God, Emma and I nearly cried when we read this. So Mums Unhinged debuted in the top 25% of all podcasts. Oh my gosh. We are so overwhelmed and we just want to keep sharing the love and connecting to like-minded women. So please share with your mum friends and let's get Mums Unhinged like all over the world. If you haven't subscribed to our email list yet, please do. We have a few extra goodies to give away. We've got these beautiful bars from Eat For You. We've got lip balms from Natural Approach. Nina's got tea from Nurture Tea as well as a little voucher. And we've got a voucher for Angus the Label as well in our gift packs. So if you haven't yet, subscribe. If I could take mum guilt away from every single mum, I would. Like, whether you feel it, whether you don't, that's okay too. Like, Emma and I never, ever have any judgment. We just, we see it for what it is. And again, it's circumstantial, isn't it? It's awful. Guilt is such a horrible feeling. Like, shame is an awful feeling. And I think we all experience mum guilt in some ways. If you feel guilty over, you know, we talk all the time about, should you feel guilty over breastfeeding versus bottle feeding? Like, Let's put that in the bin. That's up to individual circumstances. It's irrelevant. But like, so recently we had grandparents day, right? At our kids daycare. And I felt awful white hot guilt about my sons not having a close grandparent to come and visit them. 
And I felt guilty because it's my choices that have led them to be in a position where they're not near a grandparent who would come, um, a, a close grandparent who would come and visit them. That's not logical in any way. If it weren't for my choices of us being where we are, they wouldn't exist. So yeah. it's ridiculous to have that that level of mum guilt. I mean, some people I know, I mean, for example, some English friends who I, I um, made friends with in Sydney, they decided to move back to England so they could be with, like their children could be with the grandparents. And if you're happy in Australia and you're doing that, um, you know, that sacrifice, I think that's incredible. I've decided, I've had a big conversation with my family and we came to a compromise where they're going to come for a few months of the year here. I'm going to come back when I can. So I, I feel like there is a lot of people in the world who do make that sacrifice. But Emma, you should mm. never, ever have mum guilt for choosing to live your life away from your family which just involves a flight because at the end of the day like if you're happy then your kids are probably going to be happier and it I think if you weren't if you were in a position where you were feeling yeah. such bad mum guilt about it you just move back you'd move back to Melbourne well and that's you know the that thing right like we live here for a reason because my kids yeah. Uh, siblings are here. So we have a blended family. This is just part and parcel with having a blended family. I would make this decision a hundred times over to live here with my stepkids. That's not a question. So it's, it's just totally illogical. The things that we feel yeah. guilty for, and it yeah. all comes from a place of love, but my God, it's, um, it's actually absurd. It is. It is. Yeah. And we, we had a lot of messages from people who have mum guilt because they don't work or have mum guilt because they work or they work part time or they send their kid to daycare or they're still breastfeeding when the child is three years or they stop breastfeeding after a few weeks. Like it's so complex and it's so um, it's so unique to everyone. But at the time of like when I just read my story this morning of like feedback of whether you feel mum guilt, a hundred percent said they feel mum guilt. That's a really high percentage. It's something we've got to ditch so badly. Something that I do each day to make sure I finish every day on a high note is I always put the kids to bed. If Eddie wanted to put them to bed, I would understand that, but I would also put, I would go with him so that I can spend that time with them to close out the day and finish so on a really positive and calming note. And I try to make it as fun as possible. So I lay, it's quite funny. I lay next to Angus in bed at night and we sing songs together. The problem is I can never think of anything like normal. I always used to sing for Addison, my stepdaughter, when I would put her to bed, I would always sing Twinkle, Twinkle, then Silent Night and then Twinkle, Twinkle. That's the order that she liked. We did that every night for years. <laughs> but with Angus, he likes me to pick a different one every night. So the other night we were singing um, In the Jungle. He calls it Mighty Jungle. And he was like headbanging in bed to, to whim away. <laughs> like, whim away, oh, whim away. And it was just <laughs> so funny. And I thought, oh, my God, look, I might feel awful, but I am – I have this kid who is hysterical. Like yeah. who would headbang to in the jungle? I love it. Well, when you look back at your own childhood, you remember these key moments that probably like the mum mm. and dad would be like, that's not that funny. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I remember moments like that with my mum and dad, which I treasure. And you just got to make, I mean, I think it's the, all the parenting apps and whatever the experts say, you just need 10 minutes a day of screen-free time with your child, whether that's reading them a, a story in bed or just being silly. It makes such, such a difference. Um, and something I've been implementing every day now because I was a bit shit. And even like after daycare pickup, like I'd be half on my phone and not even get anything done anyway because I'm not present. And yeah, after daycare, it's a long day for them. And I was like, I'm being so shit. And I'm sorry, I'm just putting my phone on silent from now on. This is my time with my children and it's so important. And we do 10 minutes where Hunter picks the activity and we do it. Um, and then we quite often, like Hunter's obsessed with Spider-Man. He's four years old. And we just listen to the soundtrack and sing. I and he's Yeah, he's like obsessed with um, that Post Malone Sunflower song. Yeah, he, he loves it and he knows the words and he like raps and it's it's so cute. It's so <laughs> cute. But we'll often like drive in our car if he's ever, if I'm ever feeling like, oh, we need to spend an, a little bit more time together, then randomly like and we're in the car, I'll just drive around and we just sing it. And then Miles, my little baby's so cute and he like claps his hands. And... Oh, it's so cute. His world is Spider-Man. Like he is obsessed with action heroes, so you know, that's a way that we can connect because I'm, I'm obviously like a girl, like I, um, with, if I had a little girl, I'd be like, let's play with ponies and whatever they're into. I don't know. I do have a little girl. I'm no. And can we just be real right now that being a boy mum yeah. means that we've got to do some stuff that we have no interest in. Like <laughs> I have no fucking interest in Spider-Man. None. Get ready None. for it. Get ready for the webs. Webs. Oh. That's all I do. Webs. Bridson was an absolute like superhero fanatic. He would, he wore a cape. He, he was no. obsessed with superheroes. We had all the action figures and we read these stories every night about like Batman saving Gotham City. And I would just sit there thinking, tell me, <laughs> God. What have you got for me, Addy? You know, please tell me you've picked something better. With your Not my vibe um, at all. stepdaughter, so it was different then. Was she more into girly stuff? She is so girly. Yeah. Like, so girly. Her room looks like, well, it's a pigsty for one, but mm -hmm. it's like a unicorn vomit in there. Everything is colourful. Everything is multicoloured. It's it's wild in there. And then the rest of the house is white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well. Completely plain. It looks like a different part of the house, but like you do, you go. Yeah. For it. So, so different to boys. Well, Hunter, which is just like so Spider Man, Hulk, Batman. And it seems like when yeah. he hangs out with his mates, like they're all into that. They're all the same. Yeah. Yeah. They're really into it. I'm at the point though now that I've got two boys. I'm like, if I do have a third and I have a girl, I, I won't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just put her in the Spider-Man stuff. Yeah, maybe. You wouldn't need to know what that. You wouldn't need to know what to do. They make their. They make their point. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah, they get their point across just fine. So with the ten minutes of play, like that has alleviated a lot of mum guilt for me as well. So I feel like that's a good tip for mums. That's what someone in my mum's group recommended to me when I was saying like. 
oh, I'm just, I, I've got really bad mum guilt. I feel like Hunter is, he's really clingy at the moment. And I feel like he's like that for a reason. And she said, implement this, see if it works. And it, it has really, really helped me. So I recommend that for everyone. Yeah. I mean, when they're begging for connection, the best thing you can do is give it to them. It's really, I mean, that's a sweeping statement. It can be so hard. It's not like we're not giving our kids attention. We're giving them tons of attention and they go through periods where they want more than other times as well. And there's times when you've got really nothing in the tank. So like I make that statement very generally. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in to our episode about Brittany and Justin and mum guilt. If you haven't already, follow, like, and subscribe so that we can come to you again in two weeks. See you in two weeks.